Jesse Kelly show. Let's have some fun back in the chair on a Monday. I feel like it was a long weekend because I had so much to say. There was so there was so much stuff that came out and it all sucks. <laughs> so we're gonna get to that in a second. We're gonna get to New York, Hokel, healthcare workers, state troopers. Is there really a conspiracy by the left? To bring in universal health care with all this. I will tell you why the answer is yes and no in about 10 minutes from now. We got Medal of Honor Monday coming up an hour from now. Selena Zito, an hour and a half to give us the scoop on what's middle America thinking. Tim Scott's as useless as ever. We have your emails, and I will take your phone calls. There is so much tonight on the Jesse Kelly Show. As you can tell, I'm excited to be back. I know it's. I know it was only Saturday and Sunday, but look, I understand you need me. All right, you what, Chris? They need me. I understand you need me, but let us begin here at the beginning. Okay, New York is a very, very, very important state. And no, remember, I am not. I am not now, nor will I ever be equal guy. That's everyone else in this country. That's the left who pretends to care about equality. That's the right who acts like it's some kind of goal that can be achieved. I don't believe in equality. I believe there's nothing more overrated underneath the sun. There's not. Yeah, in the eyes of God, sure, we are not equal. Okay, You and me, we're not equal. Me and Chris are not equal. Men and women aren't equal. People in this place aren't equal to this place. People have different skill sets. They have great things about them, bad things about them. Cultures are not equal. Some cultures are gutter trash. Some cultures are wonderful. Things are not equal. States are not equal either in importance. They are not. Uh, And look, I, I say this as somebody who grew up in Montana, mostly. I moved to Montana when I was 10 years old. Now, you couldn't pay me enough money to live in a place like California, I would move to Montana again tomorrow because I love it so much. But Montana is not equally as important as California. That's insane. California simply c- contributes much more to the economy. They're the fifth la- largest economy in the world. They put out so many national politicians. I wish Montana values were more universal. They're not. What California does matters more. What New York does matters a lot. The governor of New York it's Hochul. Remember, Kathy Hochul's her name. I realize, unless you're hearing me from New York right now, you may not even know that. Kathy Hochul is her name. She was Andrew Tentacle Fingers Cuomo's lieutenant governor. She slid right into that seat after they ran Cuomo out of office. She wants to actually be the real governor and get elected again, so she's doing that thing now. But Kathy Hochul is her name, and as of right now, This started Monday, which I believe, let me check my watch. Yeah, that's today. As of right now, every healthcare worker in the state of New York who is not vaccinated will quit or be fired as of this moment. So I just, I want to be clear about something before I play Hochul for you here. This is a policy she put in. This is a policy she put in. She knew when she put in this policy, it would result in fewer health care workers. And before I play Kathy Hochul, I, I want to make sure I bring this home because 
I make mistakes sometimes. I know you're going to find that shocking. You make mistakes sometimes. We all do this when we talk about politics. Because we're on the right, we focus on numbers and logic and statistics and these things. And those are good, right? We want to be the sober people who look at the black and white of things. We do. We miss the individual stories, though, sometimes. And they matter a lot. When you are purposely reducing the number of healthcare workers in your state, here's what you're actually doing. Here's what you're actually doing. You are going to cause a mother to sit at the bedside of their child and watch their child die because the child does not have a healthcare worker that can properly attend to their needs. Whether that's at their bed at home or in a hospital bed that simply there's not enough time to get to them. A child will bury their mother. A child will bury their father because there aren't enough health care workers to go around. That's what happens when you issue mandates that reduce the number of health care workers. And listen to how these monsters talk about what they're doing. Our expectation is, is that all health care workers in the state of New York will be vaccinated by Monday. What is looming for Monday is completely avoidable. And there's no excuses. What's what she what she said? Did she just say what's looming for Monday? She knows what this means. That's what's that's what's so wild about this. It would be one thing if people like Biden and Hochul were just stupid. Okay, you know what? Maybe that doesn't apply to Biden. It would be one thing if somebody like Hochul it was just stupid. She knows. Wrap your mind around the level of sociopathic evil it takes to look at your state. Your state, by the way. You're the leader of it. You're the governor. To survey your own state, your own people, and say, if I do this, people are going to die. I'm doing it anyway. Our expectation is, is that all health care workers in the state of New York will be vaccinated by Monday. What is looming for Monday is completely avoidable. And there's no excuses. What is looming for Monday? She knows, as of now, there are healthcare workers. Healthcare workers, I should point out, that worked throughout the pandemic and were celebrated time and time again as being these heroes and lifesavers, and we're only here because of them. Today, what do they get? You're fired. Go home, nurse. That's what they get for their trouble. She knows. This is going to cost lives. That's why she said what's looming for Monday. She knows. That's her prepping the headlines ahead of time. And that's why she dropped the, hey, no excuses. It was all avoidable. If you'd just done what you're told, servant, this wouldn't have been a problem. Why won't you do what you're told? Why are you making me hurt you? I keep having to slap you because you won't do what you're told. Why are you making me hurt you? Every abusive spouse in the history of mankind. These people are barbarians. Joe Biden, Joe Biden is a barbarian. Listen to this person. This is the leader of a nation. The vast majority of Americans are doing the right thing. Three quarters of the eligible have gotten at least one shot. But one quarter has not gotten any. And in a country as large as ours, that's 25% minority, can cause an awful lot of damage. And they are causing a lot of damage. The unvaccinated overcrowd our hospitals, overrunning emergency rooms and intensive care units. 
leaving no room for someone with a heart attack or a cancer operation needed to get the life-saving care because the places where they would get that care are crowded. They are not available. The unvaccinated also put our economy at recovery at risk, causing unease in the economy around the, and uh, causing unease around the kitchen table. I can imagine what's going on. Did you hear what that person said? Set aside Joe Biden. Set aside America. Set aside right, left, Republican versus Democrat. That's the leader of a country standing up before his country and saying, look at those dirty people. Look at those 25%. The very specific 25%. Look, you see them? Everyone see them? They're the reason your mom's going to die of a heart attack. If you have somebody dying of cancer, it's their fault. If you have, if you have a, if you, if, if you don't like the economy, it's their fault. That's way beyond politics, people. That's evil. That is how genocides start. And you can roll your eyes all you want and say, I'm crazy. I'm over the top. Pick a historical genocide and tell me it didn't start out exactly that way. There, there's the dirty people. There's the dirty people responsible for all of society's problems. What do you guys think we should do to them? What would you do to them? I mean, set aside vaccinated, unvaccinated. What would you do if there were a hundred of us in a village and I could point to 10 people and I was able to convince you those 10 people, they were responsible for everybody dying. That famine, it's their fault. What would you do? This is ugly. This is dead wrong. And this has nothing to do with your vaccination status. I don't care about it. This is wrong. And it's happening fast, just like I told you it was going to. And we had better fight back against this. We'd better be as committed to fighting back as they are to doing it. Because believe me when I tell you, they are committed to doing it. They're not finishing here. They're just getting started. And I have another one from Joe Biden that is going to make your jaw drop. But hang on a second for that first. You know carnivore trading, right? They revolutionized how folks like us make money in the stock market because I'll be honest with you, I'm busy. I'm too busy. I don't have time to research stocks and charts. And frankly, I don't even want to. Just tell me which stocks are about to explode and tell me why. That's what carnivore trading gives me. Carnivore trading is an elite group of brilliant Wall Street traders who democratize stock trading for everyone. Carnivore members receive real-time text alerts on the explosive trades Carnivore has already identified. You can make that trade through your broker or pass on it. Carnivore trading is where regular people with little or no stock market trading experience can learn how to crush it in their spare time. And now Carnivore invites you to see their explosive real-time trades for free for two weeks. But you have to go to GetOurTrades.com, use the promo code JESSE. That's GetOurTrades.com, promo code JESSE. See website for terms and conditions. Past performance, not a guarantee of future earnings. Truth. Attitude. Jesse Kelly. It is the Jesse Kelly show. I know we're on, Chris. I can li- I can don't don't criticize me for listening to Phil Collins, okay? Not a single person in America was saying, "Oh, I wish he'd turn this off." That's Phil, man. What? 
I realized they did want to hear my voice. That's true, Chris. That's actually a fair point. And I was denying them the the honor. <laughs> All right. Look, uh, President Pudding Brain, on top of stepping up and saying, you know what? I want you to play this again, Chris, because I want you to play this again. I want to make sure you understand what you're listening to here. This is the president of the United States of America pointing to 25% of his own citizens and telling the rest of the country these are the people to blame for your problems. Do you not see what a huge deal this is? The vast majority of Americans are doing the right thing. Three quarters of the eligible have gotten at least one shot. But one quarter has not gotten any. And in a country as large as ours, that's 25% minority can cause an awful lot of damage. And they are causing a lot of damage. The unvaccinated overcrowd our hospitals overrunning emergency rooms and intensive care units, leaving no room for someone with a heart attack or a cancer operation needed to get the life-saving care because the places where they would get that care are crowded. They are not available. The unvaccinated also put our economy at risk, recovery at risk, causing unease in the economy around the, and uh, causing unease around the kitchen table. I can imagine what's going on in the conversations. Haven't you heard? Haven't you heard about the dirty minority who's going to cause your mother to die of a heart attack and destroy the economy? What do you think we should do to them? Oh, and then he drops this one on here. The, the best part is when he drops this line, I want you to picture this. I want you to picture this in your mind. Just what a bunch of ridiculous clowns run this country. As Joe Biden's dropping this gem to the reporter who asks it, he's sitting down getting his third shot. Apparently he's going for his booster shot today. Oh, don't worry. Those are coming next. And the reporter asks him, so uh, is there like a number we have to get to here before we can stop this? What is the percentage of total vaccinations that have to be Well, I think, look, I think we get the vast majority of what is going on in some of the some industries and some schools, 97, 98%. I think we're going off the close. And, uh, but I'm not the scientist, uh, uh, I think. But one thing for certain, a quarter of the country can't go unvaccinated. And that's not continuing to have a problem. Well, with concrete goals like that, <laughs> I, love, I love how no matter, no matter how specific they're ever asked, no matter how specific the question is, there's never anything concrete they give you. Not Fauci, not Biden, not Pelosi, not a single governor. None of them will ever give you something concrete. Haven't you noticed that? Haven't you noticed that? Did you hear Joe Biden? Well, I mean, I don't know. And of course, he always sounds like he's it's nappy nap time. Well, I don't know. I'm 97. I think 90, 98%. I'm, but, uh, hey, I'm not a scientist, you know, always giving himself the ultimate out. <laughs> Gosh, these people are sick, man. These people are sick. And maybe my favorite moment, maybe my favorite moment is when Hochul, the governor of New York, who just fired a bunch of healthcare workers today, steps up and she's all, you know, we're going to use the National Guard. My job number one in this state is to keep people safe. Clear, simple. There's no way to cloud that. There's no gray area. I need to keep people in this state safe. And we'll be nation leading with our 
mandate, which strikes at midnight tonight when everyone is expected in a hospital in the state of New York or a health care facility to have been vaccinated, I will be signing an executive order to give me the emergency powers necessary to address the shortages where they occur. That's going to allow me to deploy the National Guard who are medically trained, deploy people uh, who've been retired who may have had a license. Hold on, hold on one second. We're going to get back to the rest of what she said, getting to the retired people, because that part really makes me laugh. Look, look, we're going to laugh a lot tonight, and I know it's all sad stuff and I have a sickness, but I just can't stop laughing about about the the state workers or the state health people in New York poking some 79-year-old doctor out of bed. He hasn't practiced medicine since JFK was in office. Hey, uh, uh, Bill, I know I know you still got to uh, drink your insure this morning, but hey, we're a little short on health care workers. Would you mind coming in and doing some surgery for us, Bill? Just the image of that absolutely cracks me up. But I have to, <laughs> yeah, Chris brought up the shaky hands. Oh, we all, we're all going to get them, right? I'm not making fun of you if you've got them, but uh, look, you get aged out of certain professions here, all right? It's not Congress. You can actually be aged out of things. But the National Guard thing is what cracks me up. We, uh, And, of course, she says medically trained. Do you know that I was medically trained in the Marine Corps? Did you know that? Let me explain. Chris said I would never work on him, and you would be a smart man, buddy. Let me explain a little bit of the, quote, medical training we received in the Marine Corps. Okay, you ready for this? You sure you're ready for this story? Should I even tell this story? Oh, gosh, I don't even know. You know what? Let me brew on this for a second. Let me brew on this for a second and see whether or not I – let me go over the story in my head and see whether it's appropriate to tell. I realize after the Porta John story from Friday, some of the audience is a little scarred already, and I'm not sure I should walk everybody back down this road. But look, <laughs> this. what can we do but laugh? What can we do but laugh as we watch this take place in our country? It's absolutely awful. And we'll take some phone calls tonight, 877-377-4373. We have Jews feel unsafe on American campuses now. I don't understand. I don't understand how that could happen when this is the age of tolerance. Are we not as tolerant as we thought? We have JFK's would-be assassin He's getting out of jail. And I think we kind of glossed over the whole Haitian thing a little too quickly here. We we let them all in. We had 14,000 people amass on our border, and we let them all in. We have to talk about all that tonight, plus Medal of Honor Monday, a half hour from now. I'll think about whether or not I'm telling you this story, and you can call in 877-377-4373. Hang on. It is, it is the Jesse Kelly Show. It's not my fault you don't know how to throw. Okay, let me just clarify something that happened during the break before we get back to vaccine mandates and your phone calls and all the other disaster out there. Everybody knows, on top of being the menu whisperer and the shogun and the oracle, and I've lost track of some of these nicknames I've given myself, everybody knows I have the best hands really on earth. I catch everything that is thrown at me. So Chris, for some reason, I think he thinks it's entertaining. When I ask him for a pen, he's like three feet away. He just takes it like a torpedo and 
tosses it at me like he's trying to stick a dart in my eyeball. And then if I can't catch you, he's like, hey, Butterfingers. Never, ever settle for a quarterback like that. Get a quarterback that'll make you look good, receivers. Listen to me. All right. I promised you a little story here, and I'll give you I'll give you the brief version of the story and clean version of the story. Governor Hochul in New York is going to, she's authorized herself, I love that part, to, to bring in the National Guard, the medically trained National Guard, to, to supplement the, the health care workers out there. My job number one in this state is to keep people safe. Clear, simple, there's no way to cloud that, there's no gray area. I need to keep people in this state safe. And we'll be nation leading with our mandate, which strikes at midnight tonight when everyone is expected in a hospital in the state of New York or a health care facility to have been vaccinated. I will be signing an executive order to give me the emergency powers necessary to address the shortages where they occur. And that's going to allow me to deploy the National Guard who are medically trained. Deploy people. I love that part. So I was medically trained in the Marine Corps, right? In the infantry. Yeah, you had to. You have, you have to know how to, you know, apply pressure to a wound and whatnot. And I still remember IV training. Would you like to hear about IV training? Well, uh, you've had an IV probably before, or you know what one is. You've seen someone get an IV. They had a bunch of young infantry Marines come down and. We were given a lesson by a medical professional on this is how you find the vein and this is how you insert the IV. And and remember, when you insert the needle into the vein, you have to close something off because you've now opened up the vein to the outside world. Unless you close something properly, you just created a geyser of blood out of somebody's arm until you can get the tube hooked up. I mean, it's a big old mess. Big old mess. Yeah. Um. You get assigned a buddy, and you're going to give each other IVs. They gave us a big room. Oh, we were considered medically trained after this one thing, by the way. Uh, They gave us a big room. They made sure, I guess we should have probably been suspicious when we saw there was nothing in the room. And I mean, no furniture, no file cabinets, no desks, no chairs, no nothing. It was a big, just white floor and plain walls. And now I, I want to be clear. We were trying, trying to give proper IVs. It looked like Texas Chainsaw Massacre in there. It was so bad. There was so much blood everywhere. We were slipping on the blood on the hard floor. Multiple guys slipped and fell on their rear ends just with all the blood. The looks we got from other people on the base when we left IV training to go back up to our barracks to change, they we got so many looks of concerns because people thought we had been in a car wreck or something. We're just walking up with blood all over the place. You're going to replace experienced healthcare workers with the National Guard? That's going to allow me to deploy the National Guard who are medically trained. Oh, well. Have fun with that, New York. All right. Sam in Long Island, don't forget the rules. Sam, go. Jesse, big fan. Um, Governor Hokey, boy, she's so far left, she's making left-hand turns. <laughs> uh, we thought Cuomo was bad. Mm-hmm. This one, she's really crazy. And I heard today that if you lose your job because you're not vaccinated, that they're going to deny unemployment benefits in New York. 
You heard right, Sam. Oh, you didn't you didn't think they were just gonna let you go with just quitting your job or getting fired, right? Oh no, no, no. You don't get to feed your family. Why do you think the Biden administration is pushing so hard to give every soldier who doesn't get the vaccine a dishonorable discharge? They're not going to let you go. The entire ideology is based on punishment and coercion. Phil in Colorado with an important question. Go, Phil. All right, Jesse. So I walk into the grocery store. Mm -hmm. I need to make some garlic bread. I see two loaves. One, a loaf of called Italian bread on the label. Then I see another loaf that doesn't look all that much different. Maybe it's a little longer. They call this stuff French bread. Which one am I supposed to use for my garlic bread? Well, if you go with the Italian or the French bread, you risk the bread retreating before you actually get the garlic or butter on there. Don't roll your eyes, Chris. Bypass all of that. Why do people why aren't more people white trash? Okay? Listen, take it from me. Walk right by the Italian bread and the baguettes and the French bread and your fancy bakery stuff. You know where you go? You walk right down to the bun aisle. And pick up a pack of hamburger buns, man. Everybody knows the best garlic bread on the planet is made with hamburger buns. That's how we made it growing up. And guess what? Now, my kids, they hardly even touch legit garlic bread the restaurant brings out. My son asked me the other day, he said, don't they have it on hamburger buns like we have it? I said, no, son, these fancy people, what are you going to do? You don't deal with French or Italian bread. Gosh. Hamburger buns. All right. All right. We have a, a bit of a heavy email coming up. A bit of a heavy email coming up. Uh, kind of ugly. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and read it. I'm going to go ahead and read it. Hey, Jesse. We've implemented vaccine passports up here in Alberta. That's Canada for you Americans out there. Look, I understand Canadians are lesser people, but we still love them. Just found out tonight that my son, 14, and I are no longer welcome at our rec center to work out. My son has an extreme anxiety, and the gym was so helpful for him. I, like yourself, am a history fanatic and am astounded by the amount of people celebrating this. I'm so angry tonight thinking about what our society has turned into. My brother had a son almost a year ago, and they won't let my family in the same room as him. I haven't seen my dad in over a year. The people closest to us have all gone over the edge, and I feel the walls closing in. It is just so frustrating. Anyways, God bless you guys in Texas for standing strong. I believe the majority of the rest of us won't. Says I can say his name. His name is Ryan. Let me ask you something. How you've conducted yourself over the last year and a half, two years of coronavirus, I want you to think about this. I want you, I really want you to think about it. And you know what? I want you to call and tell me, 877-377-4373, how you've conducted yourself over the past couple of years. Do you think you're going to be proud of it when you're on your deathbed one day? Because you are going to die one day. We all are. When you're laying there, and I, you know I try to live my life like this. I don't tell you how to live your life because Lord knows I'm not qualified, but I try to live my life from my deathbed. It's why I end up taking huge chances. Oftentimes they fail. Sometimes like this, they work out. What am I going to wish I had done as I'm laying there dying? 
Am I going to wish I'd spent an extra hour at the office and missed my son's baseball game? Am I going to wish I'd kept selling RVs and not made a go at a media career? Are you going to wish you'd seen your son during the COVID pandemic? Or are you going to say to yourself, I'm so glad I let that unvaccinated scum deny himself? What are you going to say from your deathbed? I hope you're going to be proud of how you've done it. Now, I'm going to play you the Jen Psaki sound about this $3.5 trillion package coming. Uh, buy some gold from Oxford Gold Group, please. These people, I, you couldn't possibly do more to lead us towards financial ruin. And you can't do anything about that. I can't do anything about that. We're not in control. You're not in charge. All you can control is what you control. Go buy gold from Oxford Gold Group so you have something tangible in your hands. And it is in your hands. Oxford Gold Group will deliver it to your front door. Tell them Jesse told you to call. They will take extra care of you. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. Get something in your hands the politicians can't ruin. Get gold to your front door. Oxford Gold Group, 833-995-GOLD. Feeling a little stocky? Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly DC. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Don't forget, we got Medal of Honor Monday coming up about 10 minutes from now. Another listener suggestion. It is a good one, too. Look, when I told you to buy gold here about, uh, what, two, three minutes ago, I-, I want you to listen. I want you to listen to Jen Psaki. Keep in mind, they're trying to pass the largest bill ever, comfortably the largest bill ever. It's $3.5 trillion. I want you to keep that in mind. One, two, I want you to also keep in mind my sky is green theory. Do you remember the sky is green theory? The really ham-fisted analogy I used about how you could make somebody in this day and age believe anything. You could make someone believe the sky is green. And they're in so much control of all the cultural institutions, they can invent lies out of the blue. Here's Jen Psaki asked about a $3.5 trillion bill. This package, the reconciliation package, would cost zero dollars. So what I'm saying, what I, what we are, the case we're making here is that there needs to be agreement on the different components. There's broad agreement on the goals, and then there needs to be agreement on what the revenue pay fors are. I'm sorry. Did she just say the 3.5 trillion dollar bill will cost zero dollars? You know what? We're going to come back to that because I'm not done with this yet. I asked before the break, and I meant it. How are you going to look at your conduct over the coronavirus pandemic when you're dying one day? And you will die one day. It'll be tomorrow. Hope not. Could be tomorrow. Could be 80 years from now. I don't know. One day you're going to die. And I have had the, well, I don't think pleasure is probably the way to put it. I've talked to people who were dying multiple times. And part of the reason I try to live my life from my deathbed, and I fail at that too, but part of the reason I do that is I hear the things they've said. And when I get emails like the one I just read to you, guy hasn't seen his father in a year, can't see his, what was it, his brother? 
My brother had almost, had a son almost a year ago, and they won't let my family in the same room as him. You know, on top of the anger and the insanity and, and whatnot, you know what I think about? I think about the brother who won't let his brother come see his nephew, and I think about the father who won't see his son. That father is going to be dying one day. Pick, pick, your, pick your issue, pick your disease, who knows, it's coming for all of us. He's going to be laying in bed one day, and he's going to be dying. And I've talked to plenty of people who are dying. I promise you, promise you this, when that father is laying there in that bed, he is going to hate himself for all the time he didn't spend with his son because of coronavirus. I hope we're all aware that one day we're going to have a moment to reflect on our lives, and there are a lot of people in this country, and I mean a lot of people, who should feel nothing but total and complete shame with what they've done and how they've conducted themselves. And I don't just mean people on the left either. I have seen so much of this crap explained away and excused from people on the right. It makes me sick. Wake up. Wake up and realize what's happening out there. Realize what's happening out there. This is the CEO of Pfizer. Listen to these people when they tell you what they want. I agree that within a year, I think we will be able to come back to normal life. I don't think that this means that uh, variants will not be continue coming. And I don't think that this means that uh, we should be able to, to live our lives without having immune, without having vaccinations, basically. But um, that's again, remains to, to be seen. The most likely scenario for me, it is that because the virus is spread all over the world, that we will continue seeing uh, new variants that are coming out, and also we will have uh, vaccines that uh, they will last at least a year. And uh, I think the most likely scenario is annual revaccination. Annual vaccination is the most likely scenario. You didn't think this was going to end with two shots, did you? Did you really think these people were just dying to give you back your freedom if you would just get that second shot? That's not how this works. You're playing the wrong game. Look, I try to be as forceful as I can in telling you these people are communists. These people are communists. They asked Hochul in New York, who's, you know, firing healthcare workers today. They're all fired if they don't get the vaccine. They asked her about religious exemptions. This is what she said. The vaccine's been out there a long time now. There are not legitimate religious exemptions because the leaders of all the organized religions have said there's no legitimate reason. And we're going to win that in court in a matter of days. And so this is so unnecessary. And I just want to appeal to the individuals to know that, you know, your co-workers want you to do this. Don't make the burden heavier on them as well. There aren't legitimate religious reasons? So, hang on, hang on. The governor of New York now? No, we're not talking the Taliban here. The governor of New York now has the liberty to tell you what is and isn't religious or, or legitimate when it comes to your relationship with God? Anyone else seeing a problem here? Maybe a potential future problem here? 
Anyone else seeing an issue or am I the only one? Can you see it? Have you seen it yet? Forget about the vaccine. Move beyond coronavirus. Move beyond the vaccine. Do you see where this goes? If the government, local government, state government, federal government, if the government has the power to step into your church, to step into your religion, to step into your relationship with God and say, no, this is what God wants you to do. Now you see where this goes? Think about every other plank of the National Democratic Party. I want you to think about that for a moment. While we go to break here, I want you to think about, so you'll come up with it on your own, I want you to think about the plank of the Democratic Party, where they stand on every single issue. And then I want you to merge that with the Democratic Party deciding they can determine what is and isn't your religion. You ready for this ride? Buckle up, because we're going on it. Plus, Medal of Honor Monday, next. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and oh man, we just dug up some audio in the break. And no, 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 we're not playing it yet, Chris, because it's more Hoko audio, and I need to wash the Hoko off me for a minute. I got what I got Hoko all over me right now, and there's too much communist on me. And you know the cure for too much communist? Medal of Honor Monday. For you new listeners, I'm a bad person. Never have pretended otherwise. I. I'm not, I'm not a good person. Uh, we don't do anything right on this show. We make too many jokes. Uh, apparently, we're offensive, and we laugh too much. But but we do do one right thing all week long. We read a Medal of Honor citation. That's it. They're all out there, by the way, for the public to consume. And I would encourage you, if you enjoy this, don't wait for every Monday. Go, especially if you have kids. Sit down with your kids and read one every now and then. They're, they're impactful. They are powerful. You get to see the picture. You get to read what they do. We read these because the men and their deeds deserve to be honored and because these are the people we should be looking up to and trying to be as a culture. These are the people. And may, we get many, many listener recommendations. This one came. This was the email. Jesse, might I suggest this one for a Monday soon? I remember him to this day as the chow hall at OCS in Quantico is named for 2nd Lieutenant John P. Bobo. Bobo Hall, I believe, is still there, just like in the summer of 1986 when I walked through the doors. Lieutenant Bobo's story says it all. Semper Fi, brother. Semper Fi, my man. And without further ado, we are going to read the Medal of Honor citation of Mr. John Paul Bobo. This is from Vietnam, United States Marine Corps. For conspicuous gallantry and intrepidity at the risk of his life above and beyond the call of duty, Company I, that's India Company, was establishing night ambush sites when the command group was attacked by a reinforced North Vietnamese company supported by heavy automatic weapons and mortar fire. Second Lieutenant Bobo immediately organized a hasty defense and moved from position to position, encouraging the outnumbered Marines despite the murderous enemy fire. Recovering from a rocket or recovering a rocket launcher from among the friendly casualties, he organized a new launcher team and directed its fire into the enemy machine gun positions. 
when an exploding enemy mortar round severed Second Lieutenant Bobo's right leg below the knee. He refused to be evacuated and insisted upon being placed in a firing position to cover the movement of the command group to a better location. With a web belt around his leg serving as a tourniquet and with his leg jammed into the dirt to contain the bleeding, he remained in this position and delivered devastating fire into the ranks of the enemy attempting to overrun the Marines. Second Lieutenant Bobo was mortally wounded while firing his weapon into the main point of the enemy attack, but his valiant spirit inspired his men to heroic efforts, and his tenacious stand enabled the command group to gain a protective position where it repulsed the enemy onslaught. Second Lieutenant, Lieutenant Bobo's superb leadership, dauntless courage, and bold initiative reflected great credit upon himself and upheld the highest traditions of the Marine, Marine Corps and U.S. Naval Service. And he gallantly gave his life for his country. <laughs> Boys, girls, that's the type of man you want to be. And hear me now. It is better to die at the age of 25 living like that than live till 80 with some meaningless pointless, cowardly existence. The man tied a web belt around his leg and jammed his bloody stump into the dirt so he could sit and fight for others. That's who you want to be. That's who I want to be. That's who I, I pray my sons are men like that. That's awesome. That is awesome. All right. Now that we did some Medal of Honor Monday... I want to remind you of a couple things. One, if you missed any part of the Jesse Kelly show, you can catch the whole thing on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. They podcast all of them. On iTunes, leave a five-star rating. Leave a review talking about how handsome I am. There's a lot of those on there because <laughs> we've been asking for it. Most people don't even know what I look like. Uh, two, we have Selena Zito coming up here in about 20 minutes from now. She's the one who's always dropping knowledge on us on what people what people have been really thinking. You know, she she'll give you the straight scoop if they're against us, if they're for us. She has stuff about the border and life at the border that you're going to want to hear in about 20 minutes from now. Now, back to Hokel. We dug up this audio during the break. And we had to check and make sure this was real. Because you, you, you always want to check and make sure stuff's real. People get sent us stuff all the time. How many times have I told you the communist uses your values against you? And he does this very, very effectively. That's why they're always, always, always playing on your good nature. You don't want, you don't want to stop these poor illegal immigrants from coming into the country? Aren't you a Christian? Well, we don't want... Ugh. We can't, we can't possibly, we can't possibly stop abortion. Do you want that poor child to grow up as a drug user? No matter what the issue is, they can find a way to use your good nature against you. Listen to this soulless monster in New York as she tries to tell you what God wants. God did answer our prayers. He made the smartest men and women, the scientists, the doctors, the researchers. He made them come up with a vaccine. That is from God to us. And we must say thank you, God. 
Thank you. And I wear my vaccinated necklace all the time to say, I'm vaccinated. All of you. Yes, I know you're vaccinated. You're the smart ones. But you know there's people out there who aren't listening to God and what God wants. You know this. You know who they are. I need you to be my apostles. What God wants? Excuse me? Chris, uh, God tell you anything about the vaccine? He hasn't checked in with me about it just yet. And it's really weird. There's this huge book. Gosh, it's, well, at least mine is. Chris, yours is about half as long because you people don't believe in the New Testament. But there's this huge book. It's called the, the Bible. That's weird. I didn't read anything about mass vaccination, the public health. I didn't read anything about that. But all that stuff aside, look, I'll just say this. You believe what you want to believe. You know, I, I, I'm the furthest thing in the world from someone who's qualified to preach at anybody. Politicians, I know you're soulless communists. I know you are. I, I realize that. I know you're all so socialists and sociopaths, and very often you're flat-out psychopaths. I get all that. I'd be real careful putting words in God's mouth. I'd be real careful with that. Out there who aren't listening to God and what God wants. You know this. You know who they are. I need you to be my apostles. I'd be real careful with that. The history of the world is not that kind to people who try to speak for God. So, look, hey, you do what you want. It's your life. But remember, look, the bigger lesson from this is not the vaccine stuff. The bigger lesson is these people are always going to use your values against you if you let them. You you hear this complaint from the right a lot. You hear this a lot. The right will say things like, he called me a racist. Why would you call me a racist? And the right will, because because that's a, a despicable thing, right? You don't want to be a racist. The right, the right will try to defend themselves. I'm not a racist. I'm, my girlfriend's black. Well, I married a Mexican chick. What? I don't, I don't, I'm not a racist. I'm, these are all the reasons I'm not a racist. And you don't realize, you don't realize. The second you start defending yourself like that, they've already beaten you. You're not going to beat them. You know why they've already beaten you when you start defending yourself that way? You've just showed them, one, they can get to you. Now they think they can get to you that easily. They think they, they think they can get to you. And two, you're no longer talking about the thing they didn't want you talking about. You're busy defending yourself as not a racist. Them, I want the borders open. You, that's ridiculous. Build the wall and stop illegal immigration. Them, oh, I guess you're a bigot. Now, right now, you're winning, right? You're winning. You're, you're ahead. You know when you lose? The second you say, no, if my girlfriend's an Indian. I'm, I'm not a racist. I promise, guys. They already won. Now, you're not talking about the issue anymore. Now, you're talking about something else and that's their goal all along. And they do the same thing with your religion. They do the same thing with your view on veterans. They do the same thing with all of your values. Stop letting them do that to you. Stop letting them do that to you. Their whole religion relies on your shame. Have none of it. All right. I'm going to get to why Jewish students are not feeling that welcome on campus here in just a moment. And I'll get to your phone calls, 877-377-4373. But Mike Lindell of MyPillow, he created these Giza dream sheets. Everyone knows Giza is the world's best cotton. That's not exactly news to anybody. 
But these my pillow Giza dream sheets are just they're night they're like nothing else. And I've told you before, how many have I told you to buy? Two sets, right? I mean, feel free to buy four, but I bought two right away. I always buy two sets of whatever sheets I like. Why? So I can have one on the bed while the other one's in the wash. Well, guess what? Right now they're buy one, get one free. Now this is a limited time only, but they're buy one, get one free. If you go to mypillow.com and click on the radio listener specials and use the promo code JESSE, you get Giza Dream Sheets, buy one, get one free. That's absurd. And they have all kinds of other discounts there, too, with the promo code JESSE. But you have to remember to use that. Or maybe you're on the road. You can call 800-845-0544. That's 800-845-0544 with the promo code JESSE. Go enjoy the best sheets you can buy. You're listening to the Jesse Kelly Show. You're welcome. Yes, I know you're vaccinated. You're the smart ones, but you know there's people out there who aren't listening to God and what God wants. You know this. You know who they are. I need you to be my apostles. Mother of God. <laughs> we have reached we have reached peak creepy status around here. And look, like I teased before, I'm sure there won't be any unforeseen consequences, right? Sure, sure. I mean, we're just going to let the communists decide what God does and doesn't want for you. God wants you to do this. God doesn't want you to do that. Did you do what I said? Did you think about the platform of the Democratic Party? You ready for God wants your son to change his gender? Are you ready for every part of the Democratic Party to be wormed and worked its way into your synagogue, into your church, into your mosque? And by the way, nobody consulted with me. Oh, Jesse, I thought you said religious leaders. Now, I don't judge anyone else for how they practice their religion, but I don't have a religious leader. I don't have one. I don't believe in one, actually. Now, I'm not judging you. If you do, if you have one, that's great. I left my church a year and a half ago, and I still wouldn't call him my religious leader. I sat there on Sunday, and this is what he had to say. So I was not consulted at all. I'm my own religious leader. These people are weird, man. These people are power mad, and it is really, really gross what's going on in this country. Now, let's get to this really quickly. Don't forget, we got Selena Zito coming up about 10 minutes from now, talking about life on the border. And I'm not going to let this go for, for a reason before I get to the Jews here in a second. Jewish students, Chris. Jewish students is what I, I realized that didn't come off that well. You know, my old uh, campaign manager, Adam, he was a Jewish guy. And his family, they were, I mean, super Jews. I mean, super Jews. They, they're really, really devout, wonderful people. And we spent so much time together, I would stay over at his house. So we just got very, very close. He said, what did he say to me at one point in time? Or I think it was his mother who told me, I'm so insensitive, it's no longer offensive anymore. Does that make sense? Does that sound right? I guess. All right. Anyway, I'll get to them in a second. But first, I'm not going to let the border thing go the same way I'm not going to let the Afghanistan thing go. Because everything is in and out of the news like that. We just had 14,000 Haitians amass on our southern border. No, they didn't come from Haiti. They came from South America where they were already living. Why did they come? 
because the President of the United States and his people have made it obvious they're going to be welcomed inside. They amassed on our border. Now, I don't expect everybody in the world to be as far right as I am when it comes to illegal immigration. So I'll, I'll try to take the politics out of this as much as humanly possible. Let's, let's, go to, uh, let's go to a totally different nation, totally different time period. Rome. Rome's a great one. Everyone knows Rome. Ancient Rome. Maybe you're a fan. Maybe you're not. I'm a huge fan. But just know that's the greatest society of all time. That's the greatest civilization of all time. For, for how long they lasted, their scientific advances, medical advances, military advances. Just there was nobody like Rome ever. No one else got that kind of length out of it. Okay. I want you to picture at any point in their long, here, long period of time what Rome would have done if 14,000 people amassed on their border anywhere in their empire. What would the Persian Empire have done? What would... The Mongols. You know what? Mongols are a bad example. I don't think anybody would have tried it with the Mongols. Pick your empire. What would the response have been if 14,000 people amassed on the border? They would have all sent the military. Now, once the military got there, it would have depended on the nation, depending on what exactly the military did when it got there. Like I said, if it was the Mongols, ah, there probably aren't going to be very many of that 14,000 left alive by the time they're done. But no matter what your nation is, the military would have been sent to make these people turn back and disperse. What did we do here in the United States of America? Um, we, we let them all in. This is the DHS Secretary Mayorkas not only having talked about how we just let them all in the country, we don't even believe in a border wall. Why and- didn't you stop them from coming into the country? We um, we did. We encountered them. Uh, they gathered, they assembled uh, in that one location in Del Rio, Texas, and we applied the laws. My, we but, applied the public health law under the CDC's authority, and we applied immigration law. My question law. is, why did you allow them in the country in the first place? Why didn't you build, forgive me, a wall or a fence to stop them from walking in this flood of people coming across the dam. It looks like a highway that allows them to cross the Rio Grande. It is the policy of this administration. Uh, We do not agree with the building of the wall. 14,000 people. 14,000 people just showed up on the border and we let them in. And I know you're going to find this shocking, but guess what? I guess what's coming now? Yep, you guessed it. A lot more of them. After this latest round, there could be yet another migrant caravan heading north. Sources here on the ground in Texas tell us they're tracking a group of 20,000 people who just crossed the southern border of Mexico. And they're heading north and could land anywhere here along the U.S.-Mexico border within the next month. And why wouldn't they? Like I have said before, the most compassionate stance you can have on illegal immigration is to make people so afraid to come to your country illegally that they do not attempt it. That is the most compassionate stance you can have. All right, real quick, Bob in St. Louis, from your deathbed, go. 
I almost drove off the road when you talked about that lady saying it's a gift from God, that vaccination. Mm. <laughs> I almost drove off the road. The only gift from God was free will and free spirit. Um, at the end of my day, you asked that question earlier today. I'm not taking the vaccination. If I have to lose my job, so be it. It's the same as saying uh, take the mark of the beast. And then they I stand before God, I'm not going to take the mark of the beast. And I can say in a clear conscience, hey, I might have did some bad things here and there. I believe in you. I stopped going to church, not because God left the church, but because the church left God, you know. I will- Appreciate you, Bob. We are up against the break. We got Selena Zito coming up next. What is life like on the border when they're overrun? She knows. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Joining me now, our favorite journalist, one of the few left in the United States of America, Selena Zito, has a great new piece out in the Washington Examiner. Selena, tell me about life on the border. Oh, yeah. Life on the border has collapsed. And and that's not hyperbole. That's not sort of, you know, something you just say to get people riled up. If you spend any time down there, you see that <clears throat> all sort of um, all those things that make a country safe and secure and, and, and sovereign has fallen apart because of politics. And that's the, I saw that earlier this year in Del Rio. It's happening again. But the other problem is, is while all the eyes are on Del Rio right now, there are other places popping up all along the border that are going to be or are in the midst of having a flood of um, immigrants coming across. Selena, break down for me what life falling apart looks like in these areas, in these communities. What does it look? Because the truth is, most of the country does not live along the southern border. What does it look like for people who do? Well, what it looks like is you have this instability. Let's just just take Del Rio for a second. Del Rio um, makes a lot of it. It's it's a ton of 30,000 people. Now imagine half of that population, that number, is now living under an underpass in your city. Um, that That is very disabling to begin with because you don't know sort of what is the health conditions of of, of the people there. What what are their backgrounds? Is there a propensity for crime? Uh, is there a propensity for, for violence? So there's that instability, but also it shuts down the international bridge. There's millions of dollars that goes back and forth across the border into the town of Del Rio, and it it uh, allows these small business owners, these middle class Americans, to be mostly Hispanic, to be able to have their livelihoods, to have their stores open, to have their restaurants open. But that's all shut down. And and so you have that that once you know a year after COVID is at its peak, they're still sort of strangleholded by another crisis. Uh, Selena, do we have any kind of a grasp on what is actually happening with these people that we're bringing in in mass? I mean, look. We just brought in 12,000 Haitians by, by Secretary Mayorkas's own admission. That's not a tiny number of people. You can't just drop them off at the Motel 6. Where are all these people? The, the, that's the astonishing thing 
Nobody really knows. They, nobody knows. Uh, the Secretary of DHS has admitted that. Local law enforcement has admitted that. Even the local charities that are sometimes helpful in these situations, they are unaware of, of where they've gone. They've just dispersed into the country. Now, you, you, you don't make the assumption that there's, they're bad people. However, you don't know anything about them at all. And so, and so there's all this unknown and nothing more is unstable for a community is this, um, this feeling of not knowing what's going on. And, and, you know, these are, so the Haitians that came here are not necessarily impoverished, impoverished. Many of them came from Haiti as far as, as long ago as four years ago and have been living in Venezuela and Chile. So they're not without means. They're not without cell phones. They're not without family members who are here in the country. So they could be going to visit them. They should, could be going staying with them. They could be hiding with them. We don't know. And that is a criminal position to to put our country in that that lack of 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 following through when someone come comes across the border uh is i, I just my mind is blown it's just absolutely blown by what we've done and by the way the stench under the uh under the international oh. bridge not so good it's a hundred degrees oh. the people there was like a handful of bathrooms. Uh, people, you've got, you know, 15,000 people there. When you got to go, you got to go. There were several babies born there. Oh. It was, it, it was, it was just, it's just not something you're supposed to see in our country. Good grief. Speaking with Selena Zito, make sure you read her latest column in the Washington Examiner. Selena, Okay, now I have to ask another question because I do have to assume you brought up friends and family. Do we have a great grasp on where the Haitian population centers in the United States of America are? I can almost undoubtedly guess New York City because they're a population center for virtually everyone. Is there another hub somewhere we don't know about? Because I'm guessing they're about to get a lot more people in. Right. So previously, you know, I covered the uh, big earthquake, which was about, I don't know, I think it was like 10, 11 years ago. And there were a lot of um, displaced Haitians that were sent up um, here. It was actually, you know, done methodically and it was done through reputable charity, charities. Um, New York City was one of them. Philadelphia was one of them. Uh, uh, outside of Minneapolis was another. Um, outside in, in Pittsburgh was another. Uh, Detroit was another area. So, uh, so th- that could be where they're heading. However, we don't know. And, and sort of the lackadaisical, not caring about this through our government is really absolutely Stunning to me. You know, you, 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 you shouldn't be surprised. I shouldn't be surprised by how this happens, but nonetheless, it does. And it continues with this administration. Selena, I'm even scared to ask this question because I know you'll be honest about it instead of being partisan like me. 
you uh, you focus on swing state America. You always have. You don't fly. You travel back roads, Tennessee or uh, Pennsylvania, Ohio, all these places, the places that decide elections. Are these people who are far from the border, are they mad about this situation on the border, or is it just not something that's close enough to home to make them care? So I think this is a really important thing, and I don't know if everybody sort of understands this. And I oh, I hope that everybody goes to SalinaZito.com, signs up for an email, and checks out this story. Uh, I wrote about... Um, the, the, the most pivotal thing right now, while the border is, is infuriating everyone and everyone is thinking about it, you know the thing that really pivoted um, the American people? And it crosses all the ideology, ideologies. And that is what happened in Afghanistan. I see everywhere I go, whether I go into a bar or a restaurant or a white tablecloth restaurant, which, by the way, I don't really go into, but I peeked in the window because they don't really let me in. Mm. Um, and, and, and along people's uh, driveways and, 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 and town squares, 13 flags or 13 beers or 13 table settings. What happened in Afghanistan, whether you agreed or not that we should or should not leave, that is the thing that has left an imprint on our psyche. And it only gets worse from there. But that was the pivotal moment. That's when everything changed in this country. And in a year from now, when you come back and say, so uh, what's going on? I'll just say, just remember September 26, 2021. Because that's when everything changed. Okay. Uh, SelenaZito.com. Go there, by the way. Sign up for her emails. Uh, Selena, real quickly, we've only got about 30 seconds here. Was it the pullout, the international embarrassment of the pullout, or was it specifically the dead warriors, 13 of our dead warriors? It's the 13 dead warriors to begin with, and then how we pulled out. We are ashamed of what we did. We are ashamed at how we've let other countries down. We are ashamed that people that people died unnecessarily. And we are ashamed that politics was the reason for the entire fiasco. Selena Zito, thank you so much. I love you. Come back soon. Uh, anytime. Love you too, brother. And that is a sad state of affairs. All right. All right. We have to get to Vice President Dome here in just a second. But first... I want to talk about this husband and wife driving home from dinner. They get stopped at a red light. Suddenly they're surrounded by an angry mob. They force open the driver's side door and attempt to drag the husband from the car. He reaches for his hero 2020 non-lethal gun and gets his hands on it. Shoots his attacker twice in the chest unleashes this brutally powerful chemical pepper irritant. The attackers are forced to back off, and to this day, that couple sleeps in bed together at night. Hero 2020 is high-powered, and I'm telling you, this thing has won awards for a reason. I have one for my family. Go order yours. Go to Hero2020.com. That's Hero2020.com. Use the code JESSE. It'll get you a special discount. That's Hero2020.com. Code JESSE. State law restrictions may apply. Miss something? There's a podcast. Get it on demand wherever podcasts are found. The Jesse Kelly Show.
It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Monday. All right, hang on. We're going to get to uh, We got to get. All right, all right. Let's get to this right away here because I've been teasing it forever. And then we'll get to this story about Vice President Dome. I'll get to a couple more emails. I'll take some phone calls. 877-377-4373. of Jewish students feel they need to hide their identity on campus. A new poll conducted by Brandeis Center reveals 65% of students in the leading Jewish fraternity and sorority have felt unsafe on campus with 50% of students surveyed saying they have felt the need to hide their identity. Now, I don't understand how that could possibly be happening. I've been told that campuses are a tolerant place. I've been told that even, uh, what do they call those stupid things they came up, microaggressions? I, I've been told, uh, look, campuses should be the safest places around, right? Why would Jews feel threatened on a campus? Hmm. I think it's time for everybody to realize we're dealing with something really, really bad here. And there are a million different signs out there showing you we're dealing with something really, really bad here. And nobody seems to want to acknowledge it. Why is that? Why is that? What is it with human nature in denying reality as long as humanly possible? Oftentimes it's till it's too late. I've used this example before, but while we're talking about Jews here, you ever hear about the Warsaw Jewish uprising? Did you ever read, learn about that? If you didn't, I'll give you the very, very, very brief history portion of it. Highly, highly recommend you go read up on it because it's really cool. All right, so Warsaw, Poland. Nazis take over Poland. Well, and the Poland got spit uh, spit roasted between the Jews and the and the uh, or between the Russians and the and the Germans. So it's really not a great situation for the Jews there. The Nazis take over Warsaw. They, of course, just as they always had done herd the Jews into one part of town, a crappy part of town, and they pack them all in there, and it became a ghetto. It's a ghetto. And they wall it off, and it's extremely secure, and the situations in the, the situation in all the ghettos was awful. Uh, the starvation was terrible. Uh, people were freezing. Uh, it was so bad, people would die, and they would simply throw the bodies out on the sidewalk of who died, and they would make sure they took all their clothing because you had to save as much as you could. And so you just have the naked bodies. I mean, how ugly is that? And this is how kids grew up. This is how people grew up. And they would just take these big carts around and they'd chuck the naked bodies in there and take them off. So we're talking a bad situation here. And the Jews eventually, uh, it was really, really sharp stuff. They started smuggling in medical supplies. And it's actually really cool. They started underground schools. They weren't allowed to have schools, but they had them anyway. So the kids would sneak into school. Like I said, the Warsaw uh, uh, ghetto itself was fascinating, let alone the uprising. And eventually there was, as you can imagine, an uprising. That's what the name says. And they just started murking Nazis. And the Nazis start, they would stop the Nazis stopped coming in at night because they kept sending people in at night and all these Jews are killing them all. And it's a really cool story. They lost in the end. They were way outgunned, but it's an awesome, awesome story. I can't believe they've never made a good movie about that, Chris. Have they? That's actually amazing to me. Well, anyway, one stat about that drives it home for me. That's always, always floored me. From Warsaw, they were trucking the Jews off to the concentration camps. 
This this is where you were you were getting on the train. This is the, the look. You can picture it in your mind. You've either seen a movie about it or you know about it. Stuffing the Jews in cattle cars and driving them off to the death camps. Do you know what percentage of the Warsaw ghetto had already been shipped off to a death camp before the uprising happened? And I did, to be fair, I want to be clear: the Nazis were doing everything they could to lie to the Jews who were still there about what was happening at the end of that train ride and to lie about getting them to the train because they were starving. Remember, the Nazis, I mean, really, obviously, I don't have to explain to you how evil Nazis are. They would bribe them, say, hey, there's bread and jam down at the train station. Come down for your train ride for bread and jam. Now, that may make you roll your eyes or not drive it home for you. Are you staring at five kids with hollow eyes saying, mommy, I'm hungry? The thought of possible bread and jam for those kiddos would get you down to a train station, right? So I need to be clear about the motivations of people. But you know what percentage of that ghetto got on that train before they started grabbing weapons and stacking Nazi bodies? 80%. That's not a story about Jews or Nazis or Poland or Germany. It's human nature to deny the reality of how bad something is until it's simply so late in the game that it's too late in the game. We have something going on in this country that is way, way, way beyond coronavirus, way beyond vaccines and all the other stuff we argue about every day. There is a real disgusting evil tyranny taking over this country, taking over our cultural institutions. And when I say disgusting, I mean this. They are going to lead this country in a direction you don't like and I don't like. I mean, I've used Afghanistan before as an example, and I'll use it again right now. You know why the Taliban are chopping people's hands off and torturing people and hanging journalists from cranes and doing all the Taliban-y stuff we know the Taliban do? You want to know why they're doing all that right now? They won. And the winner makes the rules for society. The communists right now are winning. doesn't mean they've won, not by a long shot. There's still tens of millions of people who think like you. So I'm not telling you they've won, but they're winning. They're winning right now. Let's be aware of the stakes of the game, and let's be aware when we call these people communists, that's not, that's not just a word. It's not just a label. That is exactly what these people are. And if these people are allowed to continue to take over everything The plans they have don't look even a tiny bit different than the plans every other communist in history has. What do you think? What do you think if given unlimited power? What do you think? Forget Joe Biden. What do you think Vice President Dome would do if she she was given unlimited power to punish her political enemies? Maybe a shorter list would be what wouldn't she do? 877-377-4373. 877-377-4373. I actually have something on Harris in a second. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. And yes, it's our final hour, but we're just getting rolling here. I have a lot of stories I haven't gotten to yet. Sorry about that, Chris. It's, it's, I got distracted by other stuff. That, that nut job governor in New York. Um, look, the God stuff, 
It was really creepy. Chris, play number 11 again before I get to your phone calls. 877-377-4373. Play this. This is weird. God did answer our prayers. He made the smartest men and women, the scientists, the doctors, the researchers. He made them come up with a vaccine. That is from God to us. And we must say thank you, God. Thank you. And I wear my vaccinated necklace all the time to say I'm vaccinated. All of you. Yes, I know you're vaccinated. You're the smart ones. But you know there's people out there who aren't listening to God and what God wants. You know this. You know who they are. I need you to be my apostles. Man, she must be a barrel of laughs at parties. Fellas, I get a lot of emails, especially on Ask Dr. Jesse Fridays, about, hey, Jesse, where can I find a girlfriend? What can I look for in a woman? Buddy, I ain't no expert on women. I'll just tell you this. If she's wearing a vaccinated necklace, believe me when I tell you, she's not going to be into the same stuff you're into. All right? You're just going to have to move along, pal. Just move along. (laughs) Speaking of into stuff, Kamala Harris hires Jen Psaki's brother-in-law as an advisor. I love every part of this story for a variety of reasons. Give me a second. Vice President Harris has expanded her team with a new with new senior advisors, including the brother-in-law of White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki, as she faces public relations challenges over the border crisis. In recent months, she hired Lorraine Voles and Adam Frankel, both of whom worked with her transition team to assist with development, so on and so forth. Frankel worked as a speechwriter for Barack Obama. The new public relations hires come as Harris, who is viewed as likely to seek the Democratic presidential nomination, faces falling approval ratings and criticism over her handling at the border. I don't watch professional football anymore, but I did watch it religiously forever. I watched the NFL religiously forever. I mean, I just consumed it. I've been to two Super Bowls. I've told you the stories before. The the only reason I don't watch anymore is the Black Lives Matter stuff. I don't pay for people who hate my country. I'll, I'll do other things on Sunday, but I watched a lot. And one thing I watched time and time again, and if you're an NFL fan, you'll know what I'm talking about, or any sport will be able to relate to this. The guy who gets drafted at quarterback really, really high in the draft, you know, the number one pick, number five pick in the draft, really, really high, because he went to USC or Ohio State or Alabama, and he won two or three national titles there, and he's the next Tom Brady right? every single time. And you watch him flame out on the first team and he's on the market for about five and a half seconds. He gets picked up by the next team and that, that coach just knows he just hasn't had the proper coaching. We got to coach him up. I watched him play at Alabama and then they can't play for the next team either. He ends up getting cut again and maybe not as quickly the next time, but sure enough, whoop, signs another deal four or $5 million a year, a year. And this happens to four or five teams. Everybody in the stands can see it. Everyone watching TV can see it. Oftentimes the people with the most institutional knowledge, they're the ones who can't see the reality of things. That quarterback can't play in the NFL. They're not good enough. They can try to massage Kamala Harris and her personality (laughs) flaws 
as much as humanly possible. You can put all the advisors and speech writers and public relations people around her and you can do you can get her makeovers. You know she's had a thousand makeovers. They do this stuff. Let's change her hair. Oh no. And this is what they do. You think this is just in the movies. It's reality. I've seen this. When they're working on likability and stuff like that. No, we don't want to wear that color too much. Uh, studies have shown that color makes people less comfortable. We want to wear more of a beige. Like they, they think about stuff that you would, you and I would never even dream of, right? Kamala Harris is not a likable human being. There's no way around that. There's nothing anybody on the planet can do to make Kamala Harris an appealing politician. Kamala Harris has managed to <clears throat> work her way into the positions she's achieved by making some very specific and sometimes very special friendships. Kamala Harris is not going to win a national election of any kind, not if it's a legitimate one, never in a million years. And I can't tell you how much I enjoy it that Democrats have tied themselves to this woman because the current president uh, not doing great. And she's going to be president of the United States in the face of the National Democratic Party soon. And I don't know how that could possibly get much worse for them. <laughs> but hey, let's laugh about it. All right, Christian in Jersey, go. Hey, Jesse, nice to talk to you. Listen, I'm a refugee from Vietnam. I came here when I was a little kid. I've been in the U.S for at least four or five decades. And I've just seen this country, this country's political winds change so much. This is not the country I dreamed about coming to, like freedom of speech, you know, freedom, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Everything is turned upside down. I mean, you know, look at Afghanistan. I wonder to myself, if I was over there and I'm a citizen, but I'm an Asian, would they rescue me? I used to think they would, but now I don't think so because I'm not, you know, I'm not like a liberal elite. Mm. You know, you know what hits me about what he just said there is how true it is, and how many of the uh, the the special operations types guys that that we know, and we bring a bunch of them on the show, and I talk to them off the air, and how hard that has hit them. What he just specifically said, he said, "Listen, no matter what, the the, the absolute policy in the United States of America has always been, even if you're there and it's your own fault, we will come get you." We will risk our lives to come get you. We never leave people behind. We'll come get you. We will save you. Not anymore. We just left them there. Not only did we get 13 of our warriors incinerated, we then drone-striked a family of 10, including adorable young kids, a completely innocent family of 10. Then, right after they drone-striked them, they tried to tell us all it was ISIS, and then they said, well, it wasn't ISIS, but not the planners, and then it quickly became, well, we're looking into it, and then we just left. We just left all our people there. It is, I, I see what, in case you missed Selena Zito, she was on about 45 minutes ago. Selena Zito, she's the one who brings you the real scoop on what people actually care about. Uh, not not things you want them to care about, not things I want them to care about. She lives in middle America. That She talks to these people, Democrats, Republicans, all day long. What do they actually care about? And I asked her. I asked her specifically. I said, hey, do people care about the border? Did this move the needle? She basically said, no, Afghanistan moved the needle. 
people were horrified by what they saw. Don't think, don't, I'm not going to tell you this isn't hard, that it isn't difficult right now to look around and survey the damage and see everything that's happening. And and I'm not going to sit there and say these are great times, right? Don't convince yourself you're alone and don't convince yourself always lost. There are tens of millions of people out there, tens of millions of people in this country who are just as outraged as you, just as disgusted as you. They want something done about it. So don't don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. All right, We do have an election coming up. There's another one after that. I know we have a ton of work to do. Keep your chin up. There are a lot of people out there who think just like you. And if you miss Selena Zito or if you miss Medal of Honor Monday or any of the other great things I had to say on the show, what, Chris? The whole thing's available on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. Also, remember, you can email the show anytime. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. All your emails go right to Chris. He prints them all out for me. I read every single one of them. I am never going to respond to you. I get way too many, and I'm just a rude person anyway. But you send it, I'll read it. Jesse, you should be able to get hands-on experience flying a B-17 Flying Fortress. Ooh, there's an air show in Houston, Chris. Although the guy says you need to prepare yourself. The things are tiny. My 410 tiny Vietnamese dime wife said it was a bit of a squeeze for her to get through. Oh, I don't think I'm going to be able to do that. Look, I know everyone thinks I'm superhuman and I can do anything. And for the most part, you're right. But I have to, I have to admit, I have a flaw. I'll tell you it in a second. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com Some people get their kicks. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and I'm going to get to this female soldier at Fort Bliss who was attacked, apparently, by refugees and useless Senator Tim Scott. And my flaw, my one flaw, I would say, Chris. But first, look, it's been a heavy night. You know what we all need? We need the ladies from New Jersey confronting Governor Murphy, violating his own mask rules. Oh, my God. Hey, how you doing? Oh, my God, Murphy. How you doing? Such a... You're having you fun are. with your family. In the meantime, you're having all kind of other bullshit. No, no, I'm not drunk. As a matter of fact, well, can you put your mask on. Please? You can go yourself. How's that? Well, you I don't need a mask on. You know why I don't need a mask? Because there ain't nothing. I like your Trump. I like your Trump. Folks. You're right. Guess you who Trump likes? He likes my dad. Yeah, yeah, he do- no, he doesn't like your oh, Trump. He does. Thank you. Thank you. I swear, I swear the beeps make it better than the unbeefed version just because you can't hardly hear half of what they're saying. It's the most New Jersey thing ever. Gosh, I love people from Jersey. This is why we get along. All right, the email, the email was about, I, I expressed, in case you missed it, on Friday's show, look, on Friday's shows, It's a little more loosey-goosey than normal here on the Jesse Kelly Show. It's just Ask Dr. Jesse Friday, every single Fridays. And I answer your questions. Well, you ask questions about everything. And I got asked about my favorite aircraft. And I said it was the B-17 Flying Fortress from World War II. Apparently, there's a couple operational ones out here. You can fly down here in Houston or at least ride in. 
The guy says, though, he wrote in an email and said his four foot ten Vietnamese wife said it was a bit of a squeeze for her to get through. I'm six eight and I have wide shoulders. I'm never gonna be able to go in a B seventeen. No, no, hear me out, Chris. Hear me out. I tried this one time. I shouldn't say I tried it. I pulled it off. But I was with my family, wife, kids, and we went in a World War II, I believe it was World War II submarine. And there were some spots going down the hall. There's some spots going down the hall in the sub where I could not walk just like a normal human being because my shoulders would wedge into the wall. I had to turn to the side and kind of sideways walk down the hall. Obviously, the wife was there, and I didn't want her to leave me for the mailman, and I didn't want my kids to think Dad was a big wuss, so I didn't say anything. But if you'd have been able to check my pulse at that point in time, I was not doing that. And, of course, everyone's asking, everyone good? And I'm like, yeah, be better. Don't be a wuss. But I was not doing well. So I'm going to go ahead and pass on getting in the B-17. I think I didn't totally grasp how small it was because all I've ever seen, I've never seen one even in real life. I just love them. And I've seen movies about them and I read about them and I figured they were huge. If they're so small that your Vietnamese wife couldn't get through, I wouldn't even be able to fit my leg through one of those things. Moving on. Oh, and I also, in case you missed it, I made a confession on Friday. Of course, you've been mean about it because you're cold and heartless. I confessed that I used to mock people who drink IPAs. Then my buddy Luis started trying to get me into them, and I started trying them. And now I love IPAs, and I'm embarrassed. And, of course, everyone is just savaging me out there. But this person was actually nice, unlike the rest of you. Now, with winter approaching, it's time to broaden your horizons and explore the world of bourbon barrel-aged stouts and Belgian dark strongs. Buddy, I grew up up drinking Keystone Light and Bud Heavies. I don't even know what exactly a stout or a strong is. He goes on to say, some of these run 12 to 14% alcohol, but I'm sure you're up to the task. Whew. Maybe 20-year-old Jesse would have been up to the task. I don't know about 40-year-old Jesse. I mean, I'll fake it, but I'm definitely going to dip out and grab grab an Uber here pretty quick. Keep up the good work, brother. I'm glad I found your show a few months ago. Rarely miss an episode. Uh, Didn't know where to go after when Rush passed. Oh, that's nice, man. Appreciate it. All right. Somebody grew up in communism, and we're going to go to this guy. Now, I want you to listen. I get emails and phone calls all the time from people who their parents grew up in communism or they grew up in communism, and they're out there. They're the loudest ones out there warning about what's happening. And for some reason, people aren't listening to these people. Mark in Pennsylvania, go. Hey, how you doing, Jesse? This is Mark from uh, Allentown, Pennsylvania. I uh, just want to let you know that, uh, yes, I'm talking, trying to talk to my friends, anybody who can listen. Uh, crazy stuff when we were little kids. My parents grew up in it. Uh, went down in 1989. Used to be Czechoslovakia. Now it's Czech Republic and Slovak Republic. Mm-hmm. I'm from Slovakia. 
and uh, uh, you know, communists, you know, they they used to come to the houses, apartments, and try stop people going to church. You know, make sure that you know my parents didn't weren't rich. They the they were you know low paying jobs. They didn't care. You know, they couldn't do nothing. But the teachers, doctors, they couldn't go to church. Churches were empty. As soon as communism went down, 1989, churches started filling up. Everybody went to church. One church was not enough, so they had to build more. Huh. But here, 27 years later, in this country, uh, I came here in 1984, and I was 18 at that time. 27 years later, now it's coming here. Uh, Same thing. Government is telling you what to do. And it's- God bless you, Mark. Look, don't take it from me. Go look. Go look right now. You know what? I'm going to dig up some stories for you of people who've gotten out of Cuba and the things they're saying. They're, they're, the fall of Soviet Union was not that long ago. You just heard Mark. He was in the Czech area, obviously. But there are so many of them who are alive today, and they're screaming, Can't you see? I've lived it. Can't you see what's happening? And it's happening. But you know what? I guess I shouldn't. I shouldn't be that worried about it because the truth is we we have the GOP on our side. And if there is any group out there that can vigorously and, and forcefully oppose these communists, it's the GOP. You know who maybe the most focused, best one is that I can think of? That's Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina. You want to talk about somebody who's really focused on the important things. Where do you hear what Tim Scott's doing next? It is the Jesse Kelly Show. And like I said, going into the break... You, I mean, you're worried. Get get that local audio ready. You're worried about full blown communists losing their mind and saying things like this. God did answer our prayers. He made the smartest men and women, the scientists, the doctors, the researchers. He made them come up with a vaccine that is from God to us, and we must say thank you, God. Thank you. And I wear my vaccinated necklace all the time to say, I'm vaccinated. All of you. Yes, I know you're vaccinated. You're the smart ones. But you know there's people out there who aren't listening to God and what God wants. You know this. You know who they are. I need you to be my apostles. So that's what the communists are doing. But don't worry. The GOP is here to help. You know what Tim Scott's been doing for the last year? Senator Tim Scott says bipartisan police reform talks have collapsed because Democrats want to defund the police. That's right. Tim Scott has been working with, wait for it, Cory Booker over the last year on federal police reform. These people are carving through our country like a blowtorch through butter, absolutely tearing apart each and every part of this country as fast as humanly possible, and they're doing it as fast as possible on purpose to keep you disoriented and confused and because they know they're about to take big election losses, so they just try to cram everything in all at once. And Tim Scott, our guys, and Tim Scott's considered a leading contender for the presidential nomination. Our guys, they're working with Cory Booker. 
And then, and then our guys are, of course, shocked when it's all done. And he's like, well, he just wanted to defund the police. Gee, Tim, do you think? You don't say. Uh, no way. Really? I would have never guessed that. I mean, I went to community college, and I could have told you Tim Scott only cared about, or, or I could have told you Cory Booker only cared about defunding the police. Now, Tim Scott's a lot smarter than I am. How did you not know? I, I, and again, I don't know what would make me, I don't know what would make me angrier or concern me more. Did Tim Scott really genuinely believe he could work with Cory Booker on federal police reform? Or did he simply act like he thought he could so he could look good in the press? I don't know which one would honestly concern me more because one of those two things are true. Either Tim Scott is the worst judge of human character in the history of mankind and actually thought he could work with Cory Booker or... Tim Scott knew he couldn't and still ran with the cops are the enemy nonsense for a year before finally saying, I got to tell you, I didn't see this coming, but I can't work with these guys. Chris said useless either way. And yeah, and still a GOP contender for president. They are. They are. And where does this get us? Where does it where, where does it get us? Because I'll tell you, when I say this, this is what I mean. I hear this argument so much, not just from elected people in the Republican Party, from supporters, from just normal people. I hear this so much. But what will the media say? Well, what's the media going to say if we do that? Well, what's the media going to say? Listen, if we're going to base anything we do based on what the media deems acceptable or unacceptable, we're already over. The country's already finished. In fact, it would not be out of bounds to say you should actually base what you're going to do based on what the media says. You should make sure they hate you and hate it. And hate it. In fact, it's a great way to find out if you're on the right side of virtually every policy discussion out there. Well, here's the latest example. Female soldier at Fort Bliss said she was assaulted by a group of male Afghan refugees. Okay, that's one of our troops, right? That young lady is one of our troops. Why was she assaulted by a group of Afghan refugees? Oh, oh, don't, don't blame the refugees. No, 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 no. Nope, that's a cop out. I remember when Afghanistan was going down, and I remember everyone on the left and 90% of the politicians and pundits on the right going online saying, like, every one of these people has a place here in America. Can we bring them all here? Oh, I saw sad pictures on Facebook. Can we get, we need to bring them all here. Let's just bring them all in. And I remember standing up and saying, um, what? We don't even know. Who many of these people are, many of them cannot possibly be background checked because they don't have the paperwork. One, two, even if they do have the paperwork, they don't have the the people you can interview to do a proper background check. So don't let them say vetted. There has to be something there for you to vet. And three, we have a very recent, very, very recent experiment done with Refugees, males from Afghanistan. 
I realize you can never find out about this in our traditional media sources for <clears throat> reasons, but they tried this in Europe. Now, they tried refugees from a lot of different countries in Europe with, with very, very, very mixed results. You know what the worst one was for the women? Afghanistan. Now, I'm not an expert on all things in all cultures. I do know this. There is article after article after article, if you care to go find it, about the problems they face in Afghanistan, especially when it came to gang assaults on women by Afghan refugees. I can't break this down. I don't have all the reasons. I don't know why I don't know why this country does okay and this country does not, but I do know this. All cultures are not the same. All cultures don't mix well with other cultures and we now have one of our female troopers assaulted assaulted and we don't have the details i don't have her name i don't think i would share you share her name with you yet anyway i'm sure she wants privacy but i think we can all say it wasn't good we can all say it was probably really ugly and why did this happen it didn't happen because of these afghan refugees it happened because once again our side the gop tried to look good to the media oh the communists are saying we should bring everyone here I don't I don't know if that's a good idea, but oh man, NBC News will be so mean to me if I say we shouldn't take in these refugees, so we better we better take them in, right? I mean, we don't want Politico to write something bad about us tomorrow. We better take them in. I mean, I don't want to I don't want to have to answer tough questions. What if the what if they send me mean emails? What if what if they print an article about me saying I'm a racist? That will be the end of the world. Okay, bring them in. Bring them in. And what do we have now? Now we have one of our female soldiers assaulted. And I know enough of these congressmen and senators that I know it gets to these guys. And it drives me crazy that it works, but it does work. You know what really, really gets to these guys? It's not just getting yelled at as they're on their way to lunch by the, uh, the local reporter. It's their family and friends. You know what gets to these guys? Mom. Oh, honey, uh, Bob, uh, Congressman Bob, I saw what they're saying about you on Facebook. All my friends are saying you're a racist, but I know you're not a racist. What are you going to do about it? The wife calls. Honey, they're calling you a racist. Are you going to let them call you a racist? Do something. I don't like this. Somebody yelled at the kids in school today. And soon they break. That's how it works every time. And this, this weakness and cowardice in the face of criticism, it gets real people hurt. This is a female soldier that deserved better. She didn't get better. Why? Because of weakness and cowardice. Now, that's enough ugly stuff. I had to call Pure Talk today because you know I'm making that switch. Family, Pure Talk, leaving one of the big boys going to Pure Talk because... They have the exact same network as one of the major networks, and I get to save $800 a year. That's average. The average family saves $800 a year when they switch to Pure Talk, and they don't sacrifice coverage. That's what's amazing. But I've got to say, back to the phone call, you know how nice it was to speak to somebody in America? That's right. Their customer service is right here in the United States. There's no language barrier 
It couldn't possibly be easier. Pure Talk just, man, what a find. From your cell phone right now, dial pound 250 and say Jesse Kelly, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's pound 250 and say Jesse Kelly. You'll have the option to receive a one-time auto-dialed text message from Pure Talk. Jesse Kelly returns next. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. All right, you know what? Enough of this. Enough of this nonsense. We're going to get to headlines I didn't get to here in just a second. Don't forget, you can email the show anything you want. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Your love, your hate, your death threats, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions for Friday. Yes, we save them all week long. It's fine. Email. Anyone who has spent any amount of time on a job site knows the one crucial step you need to take before dropping the kids off at the pool is to throw some TP in there as a buffer. It won't necessarily stop all splashback, but it won't hit you in the face. If you want to know what he's talking about, you're going to have to go download Friday's podcast. I'm never telling that story again. It was the worst story ever. My buddy probably still has PTSD from his experience. You go find out for yourself on Friday. Another one about it. We will forever refer to the porta potty splatter as the fear of blue cheek smile. Ha ha. You know what? You guys are not nice to my friend. You guys are not nice to my friend. Moving on. I'm sure that, you know, we're going to move on from that one. That's probably just a little heavy at this point in time. Steel, your discussion about the B-17 Flying Fortress prompted me to write this email. My kids participated in a cross-country meet this year, September 11th, that took place in a rural Ohio high school. It was a huge invitational with a few thousand people in attendance. They played the national anthem, and it concluded with a restored B-17 flyover. Gosh, that's sick. They had a 20-minute fireworks show, and each race was started off by shooting a firework instead of a starting pistol. The commie pinkos are not anywhere near taking rural Ohio. The whole thing gave me hope for the future, said I can use his name. His name is Justin. That is awesome. I just thought everyone could use a little pick-me-up right there. I thought everyone could use a little pick-me-up before I get to this Debbie Downer who actually thinks I'm wrong. Jesse, been listening to you for several months now, but I have to say I think you're pretty freaking naive about pushing the national divorce idea. Apply your own logic to that notion, please. Communists are never satisfied and they never stop wanting more. You hand them half the country and they'll just laugh at you the same way Hitler did toward Prime Minister Neville Chamberlain when he signed the Munchen Munchen Pact, Munich Pact, bro. Anyway, give them half the country for free? No. First, they would do is give China or Russia a beachhead to land on and wipe out the rest of us. Besides, this country was established by Almighty God. It's not ours to give away. Writing you from work, but you can say my name. He said his name is Dave. All right. Now, I want to clarify something. When I talk about national divorce, I believe, and I don't want to bring anybody down here, I do believe we are heading really, really quickly towards something ugly. And I have seen ugly, and I don't ever want to see it again. And I don't want to see anybody ever get hurt. That's why I talk about national divorce. Not because I think it's about to happen or that it's very likely to happen, certainly not in the way I want it to happen. I talk about it because I don't want to see anybody get hurt. As far as the communists not letting us go, oh, you're right. 
that's not an invalid criticism. Still, it's better than the alternative. I believe they are, they're about to pass or just pass the bill in California where minors can not only get an abortion without their parents' permission, they can get sex change operations. Now, I don't want to share a country with people who believe that's okay. And the reality is they don't want to share a country with me. We don't have a single thing in common, not one. So why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? Let's just go our separate ways. All right, back to headlines I didn't get to. Headline, why are so many suffering COVID symptoms but still testing negative? Oh, pick me. Pick me. I bet I know. I bet I know. I bet it's the (gasps) flu or a cold, or I don't know, allergies. I I don't know if people are aware, but there are causes of death and causes of sickness that do not involve coronavirus. I know that's wild, but it's true. Headline, 14 Mexican soldiers detained by U.S. Customs and Border Patrol after incursion at the Texas border. This is our opportunity to do what I've always wanted. We can finally go conquer Mexico, as we should have a long time ago. The people there are absolutely wonderful. The beer is great. The food is amazing. The beaches are incredible. They have great natural resources. No, we're not talking about the drugs, Chris. Whatever. Okay, that's a side benefit. That's, we're not talking about that right now. We should have just conquered it. The Mexican people would have been better off, and we'd have been better off. Even the chicks are smoking hot. See, Chris, I see the, the look on Chris's face. I mean, look, they're just like redheads. you got to be careful, pal. All right, you got to be you got to be real careful. You'll wake up without a kidney, but they're still on. Headline, Governor Abbott to fire Border Patrol officers, or to Governor Abbott to the fired Border Patrol officers. If you're fired, I'll hire you. That's a brilliant piece. That's a brilliant political move, and I have to say, pretty cool. That is pretty cool. I've been critical of Abbott. That's a pretty cool move, stepping up and saying, hey, if they ruin your career, come on down. Texas Rangers, we'll help you out. And Texas Rangers are awesome. Headline, FBI had informant in a crowd during the Capitol riot. No way. You mean to tell me the Capitol riot, which the Democratic Party has used as an excuse to aim the government at you and me, you mean to tell me it had a bunch of feds in there? What a shock. Let me tell you something. Going forward, as we've discussed before, Anytime there's a big political rally on the right, you need to keep your eyes and ears open at all times. Headline, FBI narrative about the January 6th Capitol insurrection is imploding. That's because it was never an insurrection. It was never a coup. It was a political protest that got out of hand and somebody wandered into Nancy Pelosi's office and cracked a beer from her mini fridge. Let's stop with this. All right. Like I said, keep your chin up. There are tens of millions of people who think like you. I think, no promises on this, I think we're going to have the obnoxious BK, Air Force PJ BK, on the show tomorrow. And he's going to talk to us about his abs. And we're just going to have to get through this together. But he is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to foreign affairs. All right? All right? Chin up. That's all. So-